Attention all podcasts of the Solar Federation. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, okay, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done, okay? Thank you, Mr. Mackey. Okay. Welcome to the Intergalactic Boombox, the only podcast with dissociative identity disorder where some of the personalities or all can interrupt and have on full conversations. I'm like Moon Knight, only less cool. <laughs> You say talk nerdy to me? I got you covered. Movies, TV games, tech, media. My name's Kyle Bear. I'm a voice actor from anime and video games. On board the aforementioned Intergalactic Boombox, a gigantic spaceship in low Earth orbit. Play along. Meet the crew. We got a few aliens here from distant galaxies. Gits. Affirmative. Shiggles. Hello. We also have Scat Mandible, the pretend luchador wrestler from some other dimension. Asmer, the alien who speaks in movie quotes and old commercial jingles. Soil and green is people. We also have a conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy here. A true crime guy. I'm Drew Grime. From the True Grime, True Crime podcast. It's not a real podcast. Uh, E.V. Pete, the wannabe paranormal investigator. And recorder of electronic voice phenomenon. My AI assistant, Bubba. Oh, I forgot to use the wake word. Yo, Bubba! Holy flock of A-list comedians who are slightly nervous about the front row. What is it now? Oof, right in the topical. Karen Complainer. Um, excuse me, that's Karen Complainer. Oh, sorry. You need to patch me through to your manager uh-huh. before I spray Cheese Whiz directly into your sneakers. Muchacho. Say, that sounds oddly relaxing. I'll just sit there and make fists with my toes. Anyway, there's also some randos here and there. Basically, this whole crew on the spaceship is called the Somewhat Ready for Drive Time Players, along with the Al Capella Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> Got a boostergram. That's a custom message sent with a podcasting 2.0 app from newpodcastapps.com. Way cooler than the legacy apps. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple and Google and iHeartRadio and Stitcher and any of those guys, they ain't got the cool features, man. Newpodcastapps.com. Dave Jones from the Podcasting 2.0 podcast. In reference to last week's episode where I covered things about Street Fighter's Ryu. Hey, that's a guy I voice. That doesn't make sense. He says, I think Garuda is my favorite Street Fighter character. I remember him from EX plus Alpha on the original Xbox. Those spikes that emanated from him were devastating. Dave sent some support with Satoshi's 12,112 sats sent using the Castomatic app. People can send customizable amounts that sometimes have a deeper meaning, like Dave usually sends 2112 because that's a Rush reference. We're both Rush fans. Classic album from them, 2112. Satoshi's are a custom micropayment in the Podcasting 2.0 app. Newpodcastapps.com. <laughs> The question of the week. If you had a theme song, what would it be? Ronson Page, a guy I went to high school with. Great to hear from you, Ronson. He says, I once stepped into a Domino's and right on cue, the first notes of Turn the Page wailed out of the speakers as the glass door closed behind me. I'll admit, it was kind of awesome. Perfect movie, perfect movie character intro. I like it. Radar Technician Bob says, All I can think of is the closing theme to MST3K whenever someone asks me this question. It just pops in there. 
Tristan Bush has two theme songs listed here. We Are by Hiroshi Kitadane from the One Piece anime, or Gypsies in the Palace by Jimmy Buffett. Melina Joestar says this opening banger from Streets of Rage 4. It's a tune called They're Back. Natty says years ago I did one of those quizzes about what's your theme song and I got Back in Black by ACDC and I've been using it ever since. Supro Bro says if I had to choose an official theme song for myself I'd be torn between Cab Calloway, Beeped When I Should Have Bopped, or Dvorak Symphony No. 9, Fourth Movement. Barney Schaefer says life will change from Persona 5. Question. PlayStation Plus is relaunching in June with three different membership tiers. There's PlayStation Plus Essential, which is what PlayStation Plus is now. Two monthly free downloadable games, online multiplayer, cloud saves, yada, yada, yada. There's also PlayStation Plus Extra. It's all of those perks, plus access to a catalog of up to 400 PS4, even PS5 games. PlayStation Plus Premium. All of the bennies of Plus and Plus Extra and adds an additional 340 games, access to PS1, 2, 3, and 4 games, plus PSP, time-limited game trials, let you try before you buy. So which of these plans has you going, hmm, take my money, Sony? Or are you like, nah, I'm good with Xbox Game Pass, move along. Let me know at BoomboxPod. The top-tier Netflix plan currently runs you $19.99 for full 4K. Up to four screens, four devices with downloads, unlimited streams of movie shows, and now games. But would you pay a little more to get around the subscription police shutting you down for sharing your password with friends? Woo, 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 pull over! Netflix is testing a new plan that covers up to two people who live outside of their home and want to share their Netflix account. The user will be notified to enter a verification code if someone outside of the household signs in. Oh, hold the bus. Uh, yes, get. What's to stop me from just sharing the verification code? Ah, uh, they haven't planned that far ahead. Oh, oh, I know, I know, I got an idea. Oh, really, Shiggles, do tell. I think they should test a cheaper price and stop making so many original shows and movies and nobody can actually keep up. True. Most of the series we do watch that trend high end up getting cancelled anyway. Yeah, they make good original flicks, but do we really need 80 of them this year? And it is disappointing to see good shows not get renewed, like Archive 81. I had to sleep with a light on. Really creepy horror show. Can't confirm. Of course, season one ends on a cliffhanger, but season two just got axed. But shouldn't they keep producing international shows and movies so you'll get more dub work as a voice actor? That's a good point. Yeah, you could be like Chris Rock, just walk in the booth and make a million dollars. What are you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> he likes them puzzles, does he? So meticulous. Like he's been planning this his whole life. I know who he is. How about that Joker cutscene? Simultaneously awesome, yet I totally get why they cut it. More on that in a moment. If you haven't seen this brilliant scene, just hit the link in the show notes and then come back. Irish actor Barry Keoghan plays him super disturbing and physically with the bald patches, the heavy scarring and the Matt Reeves decision to keep him out of focus pretty much the entire time. You almost think Zack Snyder took over, but it works so well. It's like a nightmare where you can make out features sort of, but you can't totally 
It cements the relationship between Batman and Joker without some big action set piece. Now, you guys know I'm a VO guy, so vocal choices stand out to me. And his voice hits a pitch different than every other Joker actor beforehand with a heavy layer of vocal fry and mumblecore. I've rewatched this scene a few times, and there's still a word here and there that I can't quite make out. But Plus, it doesn't help that he's behind that glass, so it's heavily filtered to begin with. But I don't let it get to me, you know? And I love it when European actors totally nail American accents. Ultimately, here's the thing, okay? I get why it was cut. Two reasons. It would throw off the pacing, potentially hijacking the Riddler storyline partway through because Joker. And two, it's pretty much the Clarice Starling and Hannibal Lecter first seen together in Silence of the Lambs. The Batman, as an entire film, wears its David Fincher homages proudly, such as Seven and Zodiac particularly. But honestly, I think the scene plays as a really effective monologue. Self-contained. The following segment contains major spoilers for the first episode of Marvel's Moon Knight. If you ain't seen it, you best skip ahead to 12 minutes and 12 seconds. Or click next chapter on the podcasting 2.0 app. As you were. I can sum up my review of Moon Knight's debut episode with five words. Please, sir, can I have more? Did anyone actually think that Oscar Isaac couldn't pull this off? I mean, sure, the British accent feels awkward and kind of forced, but he does assure us that it's intentional and it will make sense. The disconnect is knowing that Oscar Isaac isn't actually British and we've never heard him in any role requiring any accent. It could be worse. Does anyone remember Keanu Reeves and Bram Stoker's Dracula? Given the current pop culture climate of media tackling mental health issues, it's the perfect time to unleash Moon Knight. In the comics, the main character is Mark Spector. He's a mercenary with dissociative identity disorder, and he's got two other personalities. We are introduced to one of those in this episode, Stephen Grant, a bumbling, forgetful, sleepwalking museum gift shop worker in England, barely surviving, striking out with the ladies. Polar opposite from the comics, where Stephen Grant is rich. But I'm glad they didn't go that route, because uh, I've always likened Moon Knight to Marvel's version of Batman. So making Stephen Grant more of an everyman instead of Bruce Wayne, definitely more relatable, right? Stephen Grant in the show is kind of pathetic, but also sympathetic. See what I did there? I love that he loses time, wakes up in the aftermath of beating the crap out of bad guys. F. Murray Abraham, veteran actor who's been in a ton of stuff. I always remember him in Amadeus. F. Murray Abraham, that name just sounds like I'm judging him. F. Murray Abraham. He's the voice of Khonshu, the Egyptian god who keeps trying to get Steven to launch the mental Mark Spector app. After all, Spector is like a PS5 and Steven is like Pong. Effects-wise, the green screen, kind of shoddy. However, the CG stuff is really good. Maybe Paramount Plus can hire Disney's animators, maybe? Because The Covenant and Halo, the show, it <laughs> looks more like a game than cinematic. The pacing, writing, score, direction, and the cast on Moon Knight, they all work really well. Ethan Hawke has such a non-threatening presence that it's another solid choice to avoid the tropes, such as a mustache-twirling villain. Ending the episode with a Moon Knight money shot, end credits. Bravo, guys. Out of all the Marvel shows announced, this is the one I was always looking forward to the most, and I am very, very happy with the results so far. I think this might actually be the strongest first episode of all the Marvel shows yet. And a big thumbs up for adding the NAMI.org website link at the beginning of the credits so people can inquire about dealing with mental health issues. I've always championed these guys. NAMI.org, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, 
has tons of resources to help find low or no-cost counselors. It's always been standard to applaud people for working on their physical health, but sadly stigmatized with mental health. So yay Hollywood for normalizing instead of stigmatizing. Embrace the chaos indeed. Coming to you live, pre-recorded, from my top secret hidden bunker in Pahrump, Nevada. Conspiracy here, with all the news you can't use. Want diabetes? Pepsi and IHOP got you covered. They are teaming up to whip up a limited batch of maple syrup-flavored soda. All because some Yahoo with a Willy Wonka complex thought the world needs to guzzle this goo instead of drenching your pancakes. Whoever's responsible for this, I hope you end up stuck on a mattress made of Brillo pads and the fitted sheet keeps coming off. Also, if you come across a can of this concoction, send it to me, you know, for research. Not only is Jamie Lee Curtis an iconic actress, she's willing to be one of us, AKA nerds. Well, at least she raised her kids to be nerds and her family because she's more than happy to play along. See, her daughter is having a cosplay wedding and she was asked by her daughter to officiate the ceremony while dressed up as a fictional character. Jamie Lee plans to cosplay as Jaina Proudmore from Warcraft. Only snag is the Etsy seamstress making her cosplay lives in Russia and you can imagine how fun that'll be getting a tour. Propaganda! I told you to lay low. The government from your country isn't exactly popular right now. Nonsense, Kenneth. But I... We're not to worry. It... I will personally deliver a jumpsuit and William Shatner inside-out mask no. to the Curtis of the Jamie Lee. It... And she can afford to officiate matrimonial bliss as Laurie Strode's nemesis. Mike Myers, the international man of mystery. Wrong Mike Myers. Why don't you go stand in that broom closet over there? Okay. Will an insane genius with questionable motives with more money than God do next? Bloomberg says Elon the muskrat may be hinting that the answer to the Twitter debacle over free speech and censorship lies in creating his own social media platform. This from the guy who approves jacking up the price of a Tesla during a gas crisis so people can't easily convert to electric cars. And I'm spent. Maybe I need to gobble some Activia yogurt. Talk about a gas crisis. We all bloat down here. <sighs> That's all the news you can't use. From my dump in Pahrump. Oh, look at the time. The Intergalactic Boombox is recorded live as it calls that shrink up in Beverly Hills. You know the one. Dr. Everything gonna be alright? The show is brought to you by Five-Eyed Frederico's House of Lug Nuts. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you don't, I was never here. Shh. Remember, kids, Sophocles once said, much wisdom often goes with fewest words. So shut up, and everyone will think you're a genius. Till next time, I am out of here.